On this show, we discuss crimes that are often graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. Today, we're going to talk about Tamara Samsonova. Tamara is a lovely and sweet elderly lady who enjoyed giving baked goods to her neighbors. And I also own the Brooklyn Bridge, and Hugh Jackman has a huge crush on me. This episode is titled, Baba Yaga Isn't Invited to Christmas. I'm your host, Paulette, and this is Crime Biscuit. I'm still talking through my nose, and now I have an extra scratchy voice to go with it. I did not put out a half biscuit that I promised, because I was hoping my voice was going to clear up. But no such luck. So goes 2020, I guess. This is not going to be a super long episode, because my voice is going to give out on me at some point. I'm just going to try to make it through this, so it'll be a quickie. If you're running errands, you will probably get it all in. First, I want to say... If you don't know what Baba Yaga is, I'm going to tell you, even if you don't want to know. Baba Yaga is a figure in Slavic folklore. She is a ferocious-looking old woman, or an ogress, or a witch, who steals, cooks, and eats her victims, usually kids. No bueno. She is a guardian of the fountains of the water of life, which is a strange job for someone who eats people. She lives with her sisters, there's either two or three, and they are all named Baba Yaga. Not very clever, and how do you ever know if someone is speaking to you or one of your sisters? Must be confusing at Christmas. These Baba Yaga live in a forest hut that is continually spinning on bird's legs, and it has a fence topped with human skulls. This place is not going to make it onto the cover of Architectural Digest anytime soon. Baba Yaga can, if she wants, ride through the air. On a broom, you say? Nope. In an iron kettle or on a mortar that she drives with a pestle. And she doesn't just go zooming about either. She creates storms or tempests as she goes. And sometimes Baba Yaga hangs out with death and eats the newly released souls of the people he takes. All around nice lady, I'd say. Tamara has another nickname. That is Granny Ripper. But Baba Yaga is more fun to say though by the end of the episode, you may not agree. If you were to see a picture of Tamara, you immediately think, oh, she looks so sweet. Looks can be deceiving, and this is especially true of this lady. We are going to leave the borders of the U.S. and take a little hop over the pond to Russia. And just so you know, I did pronunciation checks on a lot of these Russian names and places, and I am making a valiant attempt to pronounce them as best I can. If you speak Russian or are of Russian descent or heritage and I butcher these pronunciations, I apologize. I tried. Maybe saying butchering them was not the best choice of words. Sorry for that too. It is July 27th, 2015, and a couple is out for a nice walk with their dog. Fido is super interested in a garbage bag. The couple open the bag and they find themselves looking at a headless and limbless torso. 
not a good day. Police are called, and they discover that the surveillance cameras on the building near where the bag is found shows an elderly woman lugging a garbage bag to the side of the building just a couple of nights earlier. She also is seen carrying a large saucepan. I'm betting it wasn't soup. It didn't take a lot of work to find out that the woman in the video was a 40-year resident of the complex named Tamara Samsonova. Tamara's neighbors were shocked to think that this elderly lady would have anything to do with a dismembered body. Those people, along with the investigators, did not know the half of it. And they did not have to work all that hard to get the whole story for two reasons. Number one, they find a diary written in Russian, German, and English, all fluently, that detailed her escapades. And when they confronted her, she told them everything. That was nice. Time to rewind. Tamara was born on February 5th, 1947 in Ushur. She graduated high school and moved to Moscow, where she attended Moscow State Linguistic University. After she graduated, she moved to St. Petersburg. That's where she met Alexei Samsonov, whom she would marry. In 1971, the two of them moved to a newly built panel house on Dimitrov Street. For quite a long time, she worked for a travel agency based out of a hotel. Typically, the employees of this hotel or travel agency would retire after only maybe two or three years. But Tamara had 16 years in by the time she retired. Now, in 2000 or 2005, and sorry for the contradicting dates, but I read multiple articles and newspaper reports, and at some, it says 2000, others 2005. But what I'm about to tell you happened, based on some things coming up in a second here, you will probably, like me, tend to believe it was 2000. But whichever, one of those years, Tamara reports her husband, Alexei, missing. She reports this and pleads with the police to find him. They, however, come up empty. In 2003, she starts renting a room in her apartment. And this, by the way, is why I think her husband vanished in 2000 and not 2005. Anyway, she has several tenants over the years, a couple of whom probably met a rather gruesome fate. Now jump forward to March of 2015. Tamara meets 70-year-old Valentina Ulanova, who lived on the same street. At that time, Tamara's apartment was being renovated, and a mutual friend asked Valentina if she would take Tamara in for a while. Valentina agreed, and for several months, it seemed like things were pretty normal. Tamara would help with the housework in return for being allowed to stay there. But it seems like Tamara got a little too fond of the place, and she makes up her mind that she is going to stay, and she refuses to move out. Obviously, this is going to put a little stress on the relationship between the two women. Valentina wants Tamara to go, but Baba Yaga doesn't want to be gone. So Valentina pretty much demands that Tamara get the hell out. Tamara still won't go. They argue again later, and this time Tamara decides she's going to poison Valentina. Baba Yaga goes to nearby Pushkin, where she somehow convinces a pharmacist to sell her phenazepam. I didn't know what it was. I'd heard it, so I looked it up. It is a benzodiazepine drug, or a benzo, that is a pretty powerful tranquilizer. 
It's the drug that you're going to find in Xanax, Ativan, Versed, and Valium. It's usually prescribed for anxiety, PTSD, alcohol withdrawal, or insomnia. Here's a little something I didn't know. Even though painkillers usually are what make the headlines, it's actually benzo drugs that are the most commonly prescribed and abused in America. It can come in pills or powder. I'm not sure which form Baba got her hands on, but she got it. So on the way back to Moscow, she stops and gets Valentina's favorite salad. It was called an Olivier salad. I didn't look it up to see what it was. But she puts the drug into the salad and gives it to Valentina. Later, after the drug kicks in and Valentina falls onto the floor, this is when Tamara acts. Now, I'm reading that Valentina is not dead. She's just sedated, tranquilized, out. But she's alive. This makes what happens even more gruesome. In fact, Tamara's later will tell police that she put her friend to sleep and then cut her up, which she does using two knives and a saw. And she does this on the kitchen floor and some of it in the bathroom. She saws off Valentina's head and then saws the body in half. Then she switches to the knives and cuts the body into smaller pieces. The pieces were then put into different bags and taken outside. Part of it was actually wrapped in a shower curtain. This took her several trips to accomplish, and she did leave a few parts kind of just strewn about the apartment. There's some conflicting accounts of this, but it appears that the head was boiled in the pan that I said she was caught on video taking outside. But I also read that it was the head and the limbs, the arms and legs that were wrapped in the shower curtain. That shower curtain was discarded near a pond that wasn't too far from the apartment. That sat there for a few days before anyone got curious and went and investigated it. I'm also assuming here that there are two discoveries of body parts because in one article it talks about the dog finding a bag and it was limbless and headless and it, just the torso. And then the shower curtain had the limbs and the head. So I kind of get the feeling that the dog found, what the dog found was brought to police. Uh, but either way, one of them is what led to the video footage. The victim's identity was established on July 27th, and when police went to Valentina's apartment after residents had identified or confirmed her identity, guess who answers the door? Tamara Baba Yaga, Granny Ripper. The police go inside, and they find blood in the bathroom, and then they find a fastener from the shower curtain. The one that had the head and limbs in it is also in that bathroom, and that fastener matches the ones on the shower curtain with the body parts. So, needless to say, Tamara is arrested. Police are now digging around the apartment, and they find something that will not only leave them in no doubt that Tamara is guilty of murder, but gives them the answers to a previously unsolved murder. What is that, you ask? What they found was a diary. It is sitting on a stand beside books on astrology and black magic. In this diary are entries that spell out the details about not just one murder, but multiple murders, and not just murders, cannibalistic murders that date back 20 years. The diary entries are written in German and Russian and English, which was probably pretty confusing to police. A diary entry from 2000, um, excuse me, 2003 said this, I killed my tenant, Volodya, 
cut him to pieces in the bathroom with a knife and put the pieces of his body in plastic bags and threw them away in different parts of the Frunsensky district. This diary entry matched an unsolved murder case. A 44-year-old man's torso had been discovered, but the police ran into a brick wall and could not find anything that would lead them to his killer. Now, 12 years later, as they're looking at this diary, that Baba Yaga mentions a tattoo, and that tattoo matched Volodoya's tattoo, and indeed, the one on the torso. And, as if that wasn't good enough, there were a few pages missing from her Black Magic spell book. And it turns out these spell pages were with his remains. Now they're thinking she probably had something to do with Elixie's disappearance, her husband. But as of right now, no trace of him, dead or alive, has ever been found. There are other diary entries, which, okay, truth be told, the police are not giving any detail on. And the reason is because this is still an active investigation. They do say there are other entries in that diary that might just match up to other unsolved murders where victims were dismembered and discarded in bags throughout the city. Baba Yaga was not just jotting down details of her little dismembering uh, episodes. She also put down some pretty normal things like slept badly, drank coffee. The police suspect she might have eaten body parts that she removed and... I don't know if based on evidence or the body parts they had, supposedly she liked to gouge out and eat their lungs. I do not know how you gouge out a lung. That was the exact word I read, so I use that word. This um, idea that she was a cannibal is kind of confirmed uh, by Russia's investigative committee, which is kind of like the equivalent to our FBI. They indicated that organs were removed from the bodies and that in particular lungs were removed. When police are asked directly if Tana, um, Tamara is a cannibal, their response is, quote, it is not excluded, end quote. That would make me think that they're not saying, no, she's not. They're just not confirming that, yes, she is. Now, a normal person would probably have some serious concerns about their fate at this point. They've been arrested and, you know, they have that diary, so police are pretty much in the know about what she's been up to, but not Tamara. One of her court appearances, her biggest worry seemed to be that the press was going to report on her, and then in doing so, her neighbors would find out what she did. She also told the journalists that were kind of lurking about when she was first put into custody, she said to them, I knew you would come. It's such a disgrace for me. All the city will know. Now, I think she'd have bigger things to worry about, but then again, I don't dismember people and fondly record in my diary how I did it, so what do I know? But this judge that's dealing with her, he asks her to address the court, and her response to that is, quote, it's stuffy in here. Can I go out? She also said, and this I'm going to paraphrase, I've been getting ready for this for dozens of years. I did it all deliberately. With the last murder, I closed the chapter. So the judge says to her, I am asked to arrest you. What do you think? Her response is, you decide your honor. After all, I am guilty and I deserve a punishment. When the judge announces that indeed she will be arrested and held in custody, Tamara claps her hands and smiles. 
Before you give Baba Yaga too much credit for owning up to her guilt, even though she admitted to the murder and the dismemberment of Valentina, she refuses to tell detectives where Valentina's missing head is. I'm reading this in multiple places. Back at the beginning, I'm reading that the head is in the shower curtain. So now I'm thoroughly confused, and I didn't share this with you when I first mentioned the head because I wanted you to be confused along with me. So her head was not in the shower curtain if the police are trying to get her to tell them where the head is. So there's a head somewhere. Was it in the pot? Was it in the shower curtain? It's not in either of those places as far as I'm concerned but the, because the police are looking for it. So I'm not sure how they identified Valentina, but they did. I guess it doesn't really matter, but I'm a little bit like obsessive and want to know where's this head? Where's the head? Tamara's not talking. So Tamara is sent for a forensic psychiatric exam on November 26th of 2015. The results determined that she was a danger to herself and to society. Not much of a stretch. She is being investigated in connection with a total of 14 murders. This is still an ongoing case, so there's not as much detail about what all is in the diary, but we do know that they did have a headless, armless, and legless male body in bags, which is kind of her M.O., and they found the victim's business card in Tamara's apartment. So let's finish up on a pleasant note. Or not. According to a longtime neighbor of Baba Yaga named Marina Krivenko, Tamara had a really serious interest in Andre Chikatilo. Andre was known as the Red Ripper, and it appears our Granny Ripper may have modeled herself after him. The Red Ripper was the Soviet Union's worst serial killer who murdered, sexually assaulted, and cannibalized at least 52 people over a dozen years. He did some seriously nasty things to people, but we're not going to talk about it. Why? I'm going to do a two-part crime biscuit in the near future on Chikatilo, so hold your horses. And don't go researching him in the meantime. You'll spoil all the fun. Back to Baba Yaga. She liked to collect information about the Red Ripper, so it is entirely possible he was her role model. And like I mentioned earlier, Baba Yaga had a fascination with books on black magic. Also in that diary of hers were poems and song lyrics and her thoughts on life. I myself would love to see that diary translated once they solve the crimes. We don't want to interfere with any criminal investigation, but it would be great to see it translated. I would love to read it. The diary wasn't kind of her only weird uh, quirk, though. There was a neighbor that said in prior years, Tamara would sit topless with her back to the window to create a silhouette that her neighbors could see. Maybe this was her version of art. It was odd. But I don't really think that doing that, you know, making your little silhouette and being a recluse, because she did pretty much only go out at night, all that makes you odd, but it doesn't mean you're a killer or a cannibal. And her neighbors, who say that in the last years before she was arrested, her apartment was a mess and she did odd things, but no one, no one, that knew her or lived near her believed that she was a killer. When she confessed to be one, they were all shocked. 
We just have to kind of sit around and wait for more information from the diary to be doled out and for the Russian police to see if there are truly more victims that match up with the entries in that diary. I did read in one place that they it, there was an entry that claimed she had killed a certain gentleman, but then they found out that he was alive. Um, I believe he was a former tenant, but he's actually being used as a witness in the investigation or uh, in her trial, which has not happened yet. You know, she claimed to kill that guy, so maybe they're not all true, but some of them obviously are. I have, um, I'm going to put some pictures on Instagram if you want to get a gander at Baba Yaga and a shot of the diary pages. Not that you'll be able to read them unless you can read German or Russian. They're there. You can ogle them. You can look at them. You could probably find them on your own, but I made it easy for you. So that'll do it for Baba Yaga. And I want you to hang tight for the final crumb. You can follow me on Instagram or Twitter at Crime Biscuit, on Facebook at Crime Biscuit, a true crumb, crumb, a true crime podcast, or you can send me an email at acrimebiscuit at gmail.com. Now here's your final crumb. If your kindly looking elderly neighbor likes to sit in the window topless and is fond of dragging trash bags around, maybe don't accept her offer to come inside and visit. And if you're crazy enough to go inside, Keep an eye out for flying iron kettles. And whatever you do, don't eat a salad if she offers it to you. Thanks for joining me. See you next time.